0: Welcome to pod TST, the instant reaction show coming out after every Rams game immediately after the Rams game. And tonight uh, the Rams lose a preseason game to the Las Vegas Raiders 17 to 16. But more importantly than the loss and uh, yeah, you know, I realized it wasn't until the fourth quarter that I even realized what the score was, did not had pay any attention to that stuff. Was just seeing some, uh, some good things from the Rams uh, and a few things that were more concerning, uh, definitely. But overall, then all of a sudden the game got very intense in the uh, fourth quarter, which is great because a lot of the same players seemed to be in there throughout the game. It made for more excitement uh, when uh, Bryce Perkins threw a touchdown at the end of the game to give the Rams a chance to uh, you know have the all-or-nothing play, uh, two-point conversion which did not work out in their favor this time. But like I said, I think a lot of things did work out in the Rams' favor on Saturday night. So uh, to recount what happened and to talk about the preseason game, for anyone out there, maybe you listened to this, you you did watch it and you want to hear about what had happened again, or maybe you didn't watch it, Uh, well, I think you're going to get a good rundown a little bit here of what happened, uh, the preseason game, uh, some names that could be relevant to the Rams uh, this season, if not the future, uh, other names, perhaps they won't uh, have long careers with the, the Rams, uh, but did give us an entertaining preseason game on Saturday night. So here to talk about the game with me, he was on the last episode as well at Blaine Didasco. And uh, Blaine, welcome back to the show. Tell me uh, your Your first initial uh, thoughts here, if you could open up the podcast uh, with your thoughts on how the Rams performed or a standout play or anything that initially stands out to you to open your uh, intro here today.
1: Yeah, it was um, good to have, you know, it feels like football's back or getting close to be, you know, getting close to real football. Um, Second preseason game means we're a little – bit more familiar with these players and what to expect from them and it means one less you know one more preseason game closer to real action but uh, it, it was great to see uh more out of the running backs I think and then maybe a bit more consistency space and room made from the offensive line that looked promising um to start I think
0: Yeah. I uh, thought that there were some interesting things to see from the running backs. Maybe I was able to finally envision um, a more realistic world where the Rams don't add a a veteran running back to their backfield before the season. It is possible that they could get it done here with Jake Funk and Xavier Jones, potentially, you know, and uh, yet we also, saw with uh Kalei that you never it's always you know it's always potentially uh one play away from losing that player to injury. Um, and and Kalei, of course, being a running back, so uh, that's another reminder that you can never be too careful. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with regards to the running backs, but I think you could see Xavier Jones as a receiving, uh, option. And you can see Jake Funk as a guy who really does have potential. I think as a running back, uh, as does Xavier Jones, but, uh, Kalei, it seems like he will need to have surgery potentially, according to Sean McVay after the game. So that seems like one more player who is uh, not going to be in the mix there at running back. And one more reason to expect the Rams to add one. Um, let's begin by talking about the game itself, and we'll kind of get into it. Uh, the game was started and the uh, Raiders had the ball first. And I recall there being uh, a tackle by Traven Howard. He seemed to get very quick to the edge there, but I don't think Traven Howard, I don't recall seeing him play a ton of the game. I don't really remember, but uh, I will ask Blaine, were you reminded at all? Or are you now reminded that maybe how much Traven Howard will be involved on the defense this the season, how much do you think that uh, traven Howard
1: could be or should be involved? Um, I saw in, in camp there, you know, he got some good rotation in camp, but then, you know, during practice, it's hard to tell whether that, you know, that those reps mean you're establishing a spot or you're being evaluated. Um, I thought you made an interesting point last week about, you know, being mindful of not only who's playing, but you know, who's not playing. Yeah. And- Preseason game. So it was interesting to see, uh, you know, Kaiser and Traven Howard suited up, ready to go tonight. Yep. Um, But, um, you know, I think uh, players like Ernest Jones is going to make it interesting.
0: Yeah. Ernest Jones was in there in the beginning uh, and certainly continues to look like a player of note. Uh, Then the Rams, so they forced a punt there, and uh, Tutu Atwell had the return. And, you know, we can begin now to talk about uh, the penalties. Uh, There was a holding penalty on the Hatwell return, just as there was last week. And uh, it seems to be at least an issue for the special teams that's going out there in the preseason, right? Uh, What is your uh, thoughts on all the penalties tonight? Because that definitely, you know, uh, were this a real game? Probably a lot of talk would focus on the fact that you lose the game by one point and you had, uh, whatever it was, nine penalties or, you know, the whole story of the game was the penalties.
1: Yeah. I think, um, one thing that, uh, you might say you can evaluate, um, through the preseason yeah uh, how the how the team is uh sort of coached or or the structure of the team even though it's not the real players you could say discipline of the team is one thing uh or focus are the things that you can evaluate that might um, be reflected in penalties Uh, but on the other side these aren't the players that are going to be out there so hopefully you know the guys that come out um, are more used to the consistency with the penalties and being sharper and used to real game action. Maybe not affected by nerves or whatever it is that causes those penalties.
0: Yeah, and you know that's uh, that's part of the thing. You know, in the coverage, not everybody that's uh, on coverage. You, it, it's not it's not like those coverage teams are only guys that just barely made the roster. You know, there's a lot of very important players to the defense and the offense that play on special teams. So there are a lot of guys not out there, but then also the offensive line had a number of penalties that we'll get into tonight. And a lot of those guys, you know, are probably fighting for roster spots. And so that's interesting. I don't know how much that'll play into Sean McVay's decisions, of course, but it's, it's hard to not, uh, you know, it's hard to really, spin that as anything good when you're getting penalties you know it's it's like the one thing that you thought that, that the coach wants to believe is under your control and mm. uh, maybe other things are tougher to learn but you know coaches would seem to think like hey you know this is something that's under your control 100% it's a mental thing mm. so we'll see obviously of course holding is not always a mental thing maybe just get beaten then all of a sudden you're you know what are you going to do but In this particular case, certainly the penalties were a part of it. Uh, On the next drive, Bryce Perkins uh, and Jake Funk, you know, they got the starts at their respective positions. And at the time, we didn't know that Devlin Hodges would not come into the game. That wasn't really apparent until the fourth quarter when you really felt like, okay, Devlin Hodges is not going to play in this game. And you really did get Jake Funk and Xavier Jones really throughout the entire game, and you did kind of feel like, what it would be if if you did have to run with these players as running back, you know, Jake Funk uh, did have a very impressive 19 yard run in the second half. Were you, uh, you know, uh, encouraged much by the play of those two running backs tonight? What, to what degree do you think you gained uh, confidence? If you did gain
1: confidence in either running back? I think, you know, definitely felt better about the two of them sort of as a, as a pair, if this ends up being our number two and number three um, set. Um, Jake Funk, um, 56 yards. Uh, Xavier Jones, 29 yards. So I think that, you know, one more preseason game left. If they produce at least this much again, maybe combined for 100 yards in the next preseason game, I think we all feel a bit more comfortable having the three of them with Daryl Henderson, Um, like you say, if we don't end up picking up another free agent, then, you know, we'll be a bit more comfortable starting with these guys. So I think it was a step forward from last week for sure.
0: Then uh, Bryce Perkins uh, on that particular drive, he did throw a pass and he seemed to favor JJ Koski for the whole game. Uh, And JJ Koski in a position where there's, not a lot known about his chances of making the roster. We know that on the first depth chart, he had been in that second string area. And then, you know, he plays in the first game does well in this game. He does well. I I don't really even get into the statistics of it all, you know? So just looking at how much he was out there being favored, at least by Bryce Perkins. And, you know, those are two guys that were both undrafted free agents last year. So they have that camaraderie of being a part of the same, not just draft class, but undraft class. So those two guys clearly had a chemistry going tonight. And what would you say you would think about the wide receiver competition at this point? Because we're not just talking about JJ Koski and Landon Akers, the two most featured probably wide receivers in this game. Uh, but what about the non-inclusion of Tristan Jackson? Because a lot of people said, oh, I can't wait to see Tristan Jackson follow up. We talked about like not, you know, the importance of not being there just as much as being there. Now, could that be a a good thing for Tristan Jackson, you know, because he seemed pretty chill on the sideline? Uh, Could that be a good thing? Like, hey, hey, this isn't bad for you. Uh, Or, you know, what are your thoughts there after watching Koski and
1: Akers? Uh, yeah, it's always hard to tell. Like I said about their playing time being a matter of you know, uh, I, let's get you more reps so that you get you know the the practice reps and, and what you need to, to get ready for the regular season. Or hey, like we need to get more more tape to evaluate you whether you're not you're gonna make the team. Uh, but uh, given that uh, Koski has been consistent, um, consistently targeted, even in camp as much as I saw, and making the most of his uh, of his opportunities we're talking like even the one-on-one drills during camp uh, and today was a reflection of that um, eight receptions him and Tutu both uh, led with eight receptions each um, you know I think there was uh, one that looked like uh, could have been a Koski drop maybe somewhere in the third quarter late uh, but that's hard to tell. hard to tell it was uh, it could have been a timing thing um, where he should have been sitting in a zone instead of you know running through it Uh, But other than that, I think uh, he's given a good case for making this squad or another one.
0: Now we know that the Rams entered this game without a punter because both Johnny Hecker and Corey Bohorquez went on the COVID-19 reserve list on Saturday morning, meaning that Matt Gay, the kicker had to handle punts and that if, As much as possible, Sean McVay would avoid punting, but that was not very possible on many, uh, on many drives in this game, especially in the first half. It seemed as Mackey was pretty heavily involved. His first punt had to come out of the back of the end zone and you know he did pretty well and you thought okay well you know obviously he's not a professional punter he got it to the 35 that's great and then his next punt was over 40 yards it was like 42 yards and his next punt was 50 yards and then it had a 23 yard return which again this was not a very good night for special teams but it was kind of also it was kind of to some degree because then you're saying like if there was a player of the game yeah, maybe Matt Gay. So, you know, what were your thoughts there on Matt Gay? You know, it's not like we can really, it's not like we can gain anything from this, really. I mean, uh, it's not like Matt Gay is going to be the punter. It's just a freak occurrence. But what, yeah, what do you take away from it?
1: It's a funny thing, man. It's a funny spin on this game. I, it makes me think of uh, a Rams Chargers regular season game, I think in 17, where uh or we had no kickers i think we had you know just it was greg greg the leg greg Zerline at the time and uh-huh. that had have been it and he got injured early um so we went that game without a kicker that's what i thought of first but yeah. in this game funny that uh yeah matt gay had a better game tonight punting than he did kicking yep so i thought that was funny he missed one uh that his second attempt uh, on a field goal so that's an interesting spin it was. Uh, and
0: uh, yeah, he really did. It didn't, you don't know what to expect, but like just that whole motion, he just seemed, even though I guess maybe it's like he, he learned it at one point, like they said he had done it in high school and everything, but it's like uh, he learned it and it, maybe it's just like riding a horse, but he really just seemed to like, okay, yeah that that doesn't not look like a professional punter. Like I could totally buy this being a professional punter and not so much a professional kicker on that chance. I mean, with regards to even giving Matt Gay a pass on the block or whatever had happened on that that miss, with okay. could we? Do, do, is it really not going to be a conversation like? The fact that he there was a miss last week and there's this this week is it is it really not is it really okay to not have that conversation about the kicking position?
1: No, I think you know I think um, I think it's still unsettled. I really, I mean, since we since we lost Greg the leg, I mean, he's I think had a decline since he left the Rams. Also, but I think the Greg Zerline, when we had him as our kicker was the last time that we enjoyed that consistency at the position and that reliability. But since then, I think it's still kind of, it's still open. Um, it's funny that, you know, I think punting is, it might be harder than, than a lot thing where, or I'm surprised that it wasn't a punt that was blocked, but instead yeah. it was the kick. Uh, but I give it, you know, I, that, that goes to everybody. Uh, it was a new uh, snapper and holder for Matt Gay tonight, but it's the, you know, it's the whole, the whole trio that that uh, are responsible and, Um, need to get it done. So whoever it falls on, you know, it, the second one didn't go in.
0: Yeah. And uh, in this particular point of the first quarter that I'm looking at here, the Rams, they get the ball back. Jake Funk has a nice run in the beginning of the drive. And I did think, you know, like I said, Jake Funk had another run later in the game. And theoretically he does look like a good running back. And obviously most of the concerns there are about his knees, But up until that point, you just let him play football, I think, right? So then Perkins completed a pass to Bryson Hopkins that was called back because of a penalty by Bobby Evans. Bryson Hopkins made a couple of catches in the second half, looked like, you know, an NFL tight end here and there, but then also had a penalty, a big penalty at one point in the game, had some other errors you would think so as far as bryson hopkins and then kendall blanton caught a touchdown looking at the tight end position you look at tyler higby and he's such a obvious number one and then you have johnny munt who is certainly being treated like a veteran important player and uh, will be there probably as the number two and then jacob harris still not really playing tight end so who are you feeling more confident in there at the number three tight end position?
1: Well, it was good for Blanton to, you know, to do what he did tonight, uh, make his case. But um, but I think over the course of the preseason and offseason, uh, you would you'd say that or you think that Hopkins has the edge um, because even he had his two receptions tonight uh blanton had his one albeit uh, it was a touchdown so uh you know kendall blanton is making his case but if i had to give the edge at this point i'd say bryson hopkins it looks like he has the edge for the number three spot
0: yeah and just a reminder to everybody that the number three tight end spot is not one that is expected to play right. you know so it's it's just a sort of a title at this point and like we said we know that Johnny Munt is pretty much solidified there as the number two tight end. I think obviously the hope when Bryson Hopkins was drafted would be that you know Johnny Munt would be the number three tight end and and there would be a lot of development there. That's not what we've seen up to this point, but. Tight end is a a very difficult position and uh, a lot of players take multiple years at that position to get really good. So if he does have another year there as uh, a number three or a number four tight end, that not necessarily going to be the end of his career or anything. And he did, have a few good moments on Saturday night. So there were there was something to take away from Bryson Hopkins as opposed to pretty much the whole rest of the offseason, which is that there was nothing to take away from Bryson Hopkins. And yeah, there were also a few moments that didn't work out necessarily in his favor. Uh, another thing that happened a little shortly thereafter was uh, Bryce Perkins threw a pass that should have been intercepted by Javen White, who left the game with what looked like a pretty bad injury later on in the game, which is unfortunate for Javon White, uh, an undrafted free agent last year who had a really good story and uh, did not. doesn't look like he's going to have a football season based on just his reaction. I didn't look at the, at the updates there, but uh, the... Bryson Perkins, you know, he, he should have been intercepted on that pass and he had a few moments in the first half that made it look like, yeah, he's, he's not really, he's doing some things well, but then there's just those limitations, especially on the deep passes. Seems like he was under throwing two, two at well. And I think even in the second half, there were some more throws that he needed. He would have wanted to have back probably close to intercepted times that he threw at Nate Hobbs a standout rookie cornerback there for the Raiders who had a fantastic game tonight and looked like kind of like if a starter out there with uh, other guys fighting for roster spots and I would just say that uh, as the game went on though Perkins seemed to get better and better and better and then by the fourth quarter for sure it was just like completion 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 uh, escape a sack do whatever he really wanted to do did look like he could throw the ball pretty well down the field actually and there were some nice things to take away from Bryce Perkins who you know really can't do anything to become the number two quarterback for the Rams uh but uh Blaine did you feel like he did enough to make a difficult decision and make it a difficult decision about keeping a number three quarterback.
1: Yeah. I mean um, you said it right where a lot of good things um, where I think this kind of um, is what preseason is all about. And these preseason players where the best case scenario are showing flashes of their skill and their talent, but also showing a little bit of their limitation and, you know, and, and their ceiling or, you know, areas where they got to develop, uh, for Perkins, I think the two fades that he threw near the end of the uh, game mm-hmm. are good examples. Where the first fade that he threw, uh, uh, going for the touchdown, it was right on point. If you ask me, it was a, a great fade ball with good height, and mm-hmm. uh, that's the one where Jacob Harris, you know, failed to bring it down. Uh, yeah. He could have uh, made a better high point at that ball, but the ball was there. Um, on the second fade, which was the two-point conversion. Uh, it was the opposite. The, uh, the ball was, was not a good one. And it was a different type of ball than the first one he threw. Um, so otherwise he, he did throw a lot of good balls, but uh, like you said, downfield good to see Tutu at well, getting behind his guys, getting a step deep, but not great to see it being underthrown and, and picked in one scenario.
0: Yeah, there were, th- those were the, the limitations where I, I really think like, I know that when a player does do some really nice things at court. Like he made some plays tonight that were very cool to watch that would be like, okay, great. That's like really nice. Like, yeah, I, this is where like, if you just cut a player's highlights together and show it to somebody, yeah. what a nice video that is. Uh, right. And he has some of those highlights, but nobody could reasonably say that there's an NFL team that would be able to, that would probably, that would choose him as a starter right now. And, and most teams would, feel more comfortable with their backups. So he he's at that point now where it's just like, there are some teams that, you know, hold a a, a developmental third quarterback still. Mm. And the Rams haven't really been that team. I do think that he's got uh, still a decent chance to pass through to the practice squad. If he doesn't make the final roster, it'll be interesting to see if Sean McVay actually, gives the whole game to Devlin Hodges next week or splits the game or gives the whole game to Bryce Perkins, you know, like whatever happens there, it'll be interesting. But he, he's, he's definitely, uh, I think for me, you know, uh, made me look at him again and, and think like, okay, you know, I thought the last game was, there was a little bit, there wasn't enough focus on maybe some of these other things, but then on this game, he really put it together more and more as the game went on and uh, did do really well with uh, the players that he had against um, a pretty good defense. You know, the Rams and not like overall Raiders defense has been it's been not good at all, but they had a good night, I think, in some respects. But uh, how did you feel about the one thing I thought like the Rams run defense, especially in the first half is what seemed to get them in a hole there and not, and and they fell behind and then it it felt like they couldn't catch up. Did you notice any, anything in the Rams run defense? Obviously when you don't have your starters out there, it's just a whole different scenario, but did, how did you feel, I guess, even as a whole with like the first quarter and first half defense?
1: Well, uh, I think the highlights were definitely, uh, I'll start with that uh, first nice uh, tackle for a loss by uh bobby brown uh one of our draft picks um i think that was our first standout sort of defensive highlight play that even kind of shifted the momentum uh because as you say the, Ra- the raiders started with that uh, with building the momentum um with their run plays but that stopped for a moment anyway with that nice uh tackle for a loss bobby brown and then uh chris garrett uh flashed his his ability yeah. Uh, getting to the quarterback, uh, you could say three times uh, at least, uh, and so uh, yeah, that's definitely what stood out to me and shift what I think shifted the momentum to make the game competitive.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a, a moment there where Chris Garrett was was definitely the star uh, of the Rams, and, and then you think the, of the first preseason game and, and the, the amount of time that he played, where he looked like a guy that again was he a guy now that has to be a consideration, you know, obviously he was already a consideration for the roster, but with the, with the amount of time that Terrell Lewis misses, can you really take the risk of not keeping Chris Garrett? I, I mean, would you even say, where would you say you're at right now with Terrell Lewis's, you know, safety of making the
1: roster? It's tough i mean like i said it's, it's a gamble and uh, he hasn't uh, been on the field and been available consistently since he's been on the team so um it, at this point yeah i think it's nice that we'll have one more preseason game uh to see what happens and um, you know who carries over what they did tonight to next week and you know it'll, it should make these tough decisions a bit more clear but uh, yeah, Terrell Lewis, is. that's a that's a tough one. Um, kind of a sad story because, you know, we're all excited about him coming out of college, a lot of potential, uh, but uh, we just haven't seen him at 100%. And uh, availability is the most important ability. Uh, a yep. lot would say, yeah.
0: Um, as far as the secondary on defense, I had a few notes here where uh, maybe there were some, there was a bad moment for Kareem or who's had a very good camp and a, and a good training camp and all of that. And then Bronte Harris, uh, I think had some downs and then also some ups. And then Terrell Burgess was pretty much out there for the whole game. And I think it was important and good for Terrell Burgess to get to play so much. And in a game and not having the preseason last year, which is, such a, an interesting storyline for the guys who are either rookies or in their second years, that these are really their first preseason games. And for guys that didn't play last year, maybe you were like a Terrell Burgess who barely got an opportunity to play in the NFL last season. And then there were the guys last year who, you know, maybe they were reserves or they were in the practice squad and now they're getting a chance to play. But then there were a lot of guys who it seemed like didn't get a chance to play. As I said, a lot of players who played most of the game and did you notice anything in terms of the secondary players and the play of the guys in the secondary blame
1: well i think uh individually um a lot of the same where you know the, the flash for example the two interceptions that we got uh are sort of the high points of what these individuals are capable of uh, as a group, I think uh, if we can produce two turnovers, as a secondary hold passers to under 200 yards, under 175, even I think that's gonna, you know, that'll that'll put us in good positions. Uh, so I think as a group, they, you know, they they did good and and put us in a position to make the game competitive. Uh, but yeah, if you cut the tape and start looking individually, then again, it's a lot of seeing. Um, where these guys uh, can't have assets and have skills, but it's a matter of maybe experience, but uh, consistency and just learning the game and, you know, uh, learning the offense and schemes to cover all their bases, so to speak. I think it
0: can be difficult for offensive linemen to play in these conditions uh, it's not like they're out there with a ton of uh, cohesion, cohesion to who's out there as the five players. That's not like they're, they've got a lot of continuity with who they're playing next to. This is a preseason game and they might not even have that much experience or a lot of experience. Who knows how many snaps they've all worked with uh, uh, Bryce Perkins before. So there's a lot of weird circumstances and there were a number of penalties, but overall, did you have any thoughts on the offensive line tonight?
1: Better. I mean, um, they uh, we got to give them credit for uh, improved uh, improved uh, rushing game and uh, uh, Bryce uh, Bryce Perkins uh, did have time to kind of sit sit in the pocket uh, when he needed to and go through his read. So I think um, they did show the ability to create a pocket and give give a quarterback uh, two and a half seconds to do what he's got to do. Um, and like I said, they as they made space for, you know, at least a hundred yards rushing as a group. Uh, so I think better than, better than last week. And, um, you know, I think they it, it did good, better.
0: Okay. So I did mention earlier that, uh, Kalai was injured. And it looks like he'll be out. He also muffed a punt in this game. And, uh, that was a weird play. Of course, it didn't really uh, end up going down as a muffed punt, but I think, you know, at this point it is of no concern really for collide to have made that error. And, and obviously we just want him to be healthy and well, but I was only bringing that up because there were a number of concerns here, you know, at well, um, I want to talk about him next, but I just want to focus here on the return positions because now it seems like with the Kalai injury, with the potential for an Atwell injury, uh, do you have any thoughts now that the Rams simply can only afford to find a guy who can reliably catch the ball and not worry about him having a return?
1: Yeah, I, um well man I mean we're all rooting for him I think but uh, still he's you know every hit looks looks a little bigger on mm-hmm. him and uh, I think come regular season uh, if he is our returner what might be good for him is that he won't be getting as taking as much shots as a receiver uh, you know I know he, everybody wants to be in that rotation I'm sure he does but I think come regular season uh, it might be a good thing if he's taking less getting less balls uh, as a receiver, thus taking less hits. And uh, and then I think that he'll be in a good position. He's flashed some speed and hopefully can be our returner. He's uh, shown some sure hands back there. And um, so I think that if that's the deal, then we should pre- feel pretty good about that.
0: During the broadcast, they interviewed Jalen Ramsey and Jalen Ramsey, you know, to Talib asked him about a what he kind of as much as he could talk about or how excited he was to play in the Raheem Morris defense and the, you know, that uh, Jalen Ramsey felt like he would finally uh, had the opportunity more than ever before in his career to show what he can do and that he would uh, have something to unleash this year. Uh, do you have any thoughts as far as uh, how Jalen Ramsey's career could get better or what kind of uh, role might best suit him or where he would be best utilized or what he might be alluding to?
1: Well, um, I think uh, just coming off of sort of the island, right? So uh, doing more than just being on the number one X receiver, doing more than just shadowing a guy, uh, could start by looking like him playing on the inside, uh, lining up on the inside more. Uh, but, uh, I think definitely seeing him working, say from the nickel or the star position just means that you could take a smart player like that, who probably knows the game better than anybody on the defense, um, and, uh, and have more of an effect, uh, on the defense and on the offense. Uh, and that's a lot saying that, uh, right now, if he just stays on their number one receiver, he's taken away the number one receiver and that's a huge effect already, but definitely I think that, um. Uh, I think it was Amari Cooper during the Cowboys last, uh, last season where we got one of the, one of the big Ramsey hits. But uh, if you break down that mm-hmm. play, it's a matter of Ramsey knowing the game, the overall uh, route concept to know that he comes off of his guy, knowing where that next guy is going to be uh, to make that hit and make that stop. And I think there's going to be more of that with him on the inside and, and playing these different positions and maybe even you know, rushing the passer. Uh, would be exciting, but um, mm. those are the kinds of things that uh, that I imagine would would be happening.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch if he does hit a level above what he's already been doing in, in any sort of fashion. If he, if he is sort of, you know, obviously for Xavier Howard to get into the conversation for defensive player of the year, he had to intercept 10 passes and Jalen Ramsey is uh, more of maybe of a, a Darrell Revis than a Richard Sherman in terms of like how they are effective to an elite degree just by in the sense that Jalen Ramsey, he's not necessarily known for like pick, 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 pick. Like some guys have been in the primes of their career and maybe in his prime, if that's even possible or how he could make that happen. I know that he's talked about, he did even say in the interview, like there's a lot of things that he needs to get better at. Mm -hmm. And he's talked about, you know, I think uh, trying to get more interceptions. So Uh, That would be interesting to see if he does sort of hit that part of his game. It's, it's not like it's a, who knows how much of it a skill it is, or if it's just an opportunity thing, but with 17 games, Hey, there's another chance there for more interceptions Bronte Harris, had an interception tonight, a very good interception with a lot of concentration on a tipped pass in his direction. And that was a big part of the game. And just before that on the previous Rams defensive drive, there was a lot of mention of Christian Roseboom, a linebacker who, you know, uh, I think was already going to have struggled to make the roster. And uh, I felt when he showed up in on film in the fourth quarter, or should say on the, you know, on TV in the fourth quarter, he, you know, I think there was a pass against him that was completed and he seemed upset with himself for that play. And then uh, he did have a forced fumble or maybe, you know, a close to a forced fumble on Nathan Peterman, but it was also a helmet to helmet hit that maybe wasn't called. And uh, it, it, that also forced him to be pulled out of the game, but not after he did have a pass deflection. So a few like up and down moments, I thought for Roseboom, who was a guy that was uh, maybe still fighting to get onto the bubble, given how much linebacker depth the Rams already have. Uh, did you feel like, you know, that's maybe a guy who I think like kind of stood out and I had to say like, uh, it's, he's didn't have a strong, maybe the strong night, just from the moments that I witnessed. I don't want to like go on record and say like that a person didn't have a strong night because there certainly could be some things that I did not witness, but you know, like Bobby Evans, a guy that was already, seemingly falling down the depth chart you know getting called out for a penalty is not going to be that helpful to him coleman shelton and and chandler brewer uh with penalties uh with brewer i think having multiple penalties um there were a few guys that uh, maybe didn't stand in a good way anybody for you that uh might have had their stock go down at all a little bit
1: um i think uh but really, I the first one I think about it is is our kicker, like you said, you know, yeah. it's, it is that time to start thinking about, you know, this is the guy that we that we that we bring on and we and we go go to bat with. Um, but other than that, um, uh, yeah, I think you kind of covered all the guys that are on the bubble, and definitely penalties um, are a big part of that. Um, on the. Final
0: drive there. It's Perkins, and uh, it starts out with a false start uh, on uh, number 61. And then Bryce Perkins has a first down throw to Landon Acres, And Landon Acres earlier in the game had a very fancy uh, catch and footsteps around the sideline and, and managed to get a gain an extra three or four yards there and picked up the first down with that play. It was a very nifty play by Akers. Uh, Very weird to see a player out there named Akers, but there is one uh, for the Rams. And uh, again, a guy that doesn't seem to have any chance of making the roster, but uh, would, as an undrafted free agent rookie, would seemingly uh, have a pretty decent chance if he's doing stuff like that to get on the practice squad, maybe. But uh, Acres has the next one. The catch is knocked out because of uh, Nate Hobbs again, who I mentioned earlier. And then a couple of cut catches in a row for Koski. And uh, Atwell took another big hit, and that's when they took him to the sideline. And like we you said, like every hit on Atwell just seems bigger. He's just you he, he can tell in those moments, like wow, it's amazing that he's bouncing up and then getting back into the game, which happened multiple times. Um, and then finally, it was like Jacob Harris was getting a target. And he was kind of not involved with the game plan until late. And then it, it was, became apparent, as you mentioned, that in the red zone, this is the guy, this is the guy, this is the guy. Um, Jacob Harris didn't, you know, he's been a topic of conversation since the draft. Uh, how did you feel about the fact that, you know, he kind of, was on the field here and there earlier, uh, but didn't really get involved in the game plan until late. And then do you think, do you think that he is someone who Matthew Stafford might look to in the regular season in those red zone situations?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I mean, not, um, you know, not in our regular game, regular season situations. We just have, we just have so many, you know, so many targets. Um, even specific to those situations. uh, I don't see why, you know, Higby wouldn't be the guy uh, or uh, Van Jefferson wouldn't be the guy in those scenarios. Uh, But I will give it to Jacob Harris that, you know, uh, potential. So as far as keeping a guy like that on and around to develop, um, I think is a good idea. I think he's showing that kind of potential. Uh, But um, I would, you know, think about it a bit more and be a bit more excited, again, if he, you know, if he closed the deal, on that first fade attempt, uh, yeah. showing us that high point ability which she showed a little bit in practice, but, uh, but tonight, like I said, that looked like a pretty standard, uh, you know, high point one-on-one type of deal. Um, he did make up for it by, uh, by sealing the deal and getting the touchdown catch, uh, after that, but, uh, it would have been great to see him, uh, show off his ability with that fade.
0: Yeah. It felt like, uh, you, when you had the first two throws and yeah, obviously the first one was right there. It, it bounced off of Jacob Harris and the second one, you know, he was wide open, right place, right, right throw. It was good for Bryce Perkins because he had a, a wide open throw earlier in the game to JJ Koski and uh, for what would have been a first down. And, and it seemed like um, there was, both maybe like some uh, lack of communication between Perkins and Kosky, as well as I think just like uh, one of those weird moments that when it's so close, you kind of uh, have a harder time judging the amount of strength that you will need to use on the, on the throw. But ultimately those, those throws uh, to Harris, it, it just was interesting. Like, yeah, that that was the play. And then for the two point conversion, you know, it's one of those split second decisions. It's it's the one where it's like you take the decision making out of it. You just snap the ball and throw it. And it, that felt odd almost because Bryce Perkins had proven that like kind of what earlier on the on the drive on the fourth down when he escapes the sack and scrambles for a first down. It seemed like Bryce Perkins was a guy who give him a chance to make a play rather than calling this specific play, although in a preseason game, maybe you're just trying to, to work on a specific thing or whatever. So uh, I don't know if there's even necessarily anything to interpret from that, but uh, I did think that for Perkins, maybe anything that would give him an opportunity to make a play, including scrambling, if there was nobody to throw to, uh, might've been a better chance there at the end. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I can agree with you. Um, you know, let them roll out, let them roll out, um, and give them that option to to make somebody miss like he like he did that that whole drive uh, with his eyes downfield for another option. But uh, yeah, I was surprised too. I have a feeling that you know there were more than one person or player out there that wanted the second chance at that fade, and it could have been a coach, a quarterback, or a tight end that just wanted a second chance at that fade. Uh, otherwise, I don't see why you wouldn't. Yeah, maybe uh, play action, roll them out, and uh, give them a chance. And
0: that's uh, that's really, I think, all there is to say right now about the game. The Rams and the Raiders played a preseason game uh, with many of their, you know, reserves and uh, third-string players and, and guys getting opportunities to show out, but then other guys not really getting those opportunities. And it'll be interesting to see how many of them are out there next week, as well as some of the more veteran guys that didn't play just kind of seeing how much they play in week three guys like Dante Dion and uh, guys like that. And guys like Tristan Jackson and, uh, guys like devlin hodges and whether or not they will get in there and uh, whether or not maybe otis anderson will move up the depth chart and get opportunities next week now that kalai is out so we'll see how that all plays out next week against i believe the denver broncos I, you know it's not as much on my mind the preseason schedule perhaps than as the regular season schedule week one chicago bears that's what i know uh, but Blaine Didasco, uh, any final thoughts there on uh, Rams Raiders?
1: Uh, it was good. It's good to see a competitive game. I think uh, we're all we're all getting closer to that regular season mindset, and that um, less about let's just go get some reps, and I think a little bit more coaches, players, fans, a little bit more about you know let's let's try to win these things. But uh, exciting, fun to watch a football game nonetheless. But uh, one more game closer to regular season.
0: Absolutely. Uh, that's Blaine Didasco, uh writer at Turf Show Times and Kenneth Arthur. I do the same. And this is Pod TST, a regularly broadcasted uh you know, Rams podcast. This one, the instant reaction show, coming out right after every Rams game. And the next Rams game is next Saturday, and that's when you can find the next episode of the instant reaction show. That's it for pod TST. Come back next time for a different episode.